This is Brian Fischel, owner of Official Boys, and you are listening to the North Side Story Podcast. Let's go! So the theme of our week in this episode really is just blowouts, because we had a ton of blowouts in our matchups uh, for the week five. I'm going to ask you a question. So there's obviously two sides to the coin of getting and being in a blowout. Either you're dominating the matchup or mm-hmm. you're just getting smoked. Mm-hmm. When do you check? Do you check your phone more when you are delivering the blowout or do you check it more when you are just getting blown out yourself? Um, probably when I'm delivering the blowout, because it's nice to kind of look at that inflated number and you're like, hell yeah. Like I made the right decisions. This person went off, especially if you play someone I'll go back to my championship year in this league when I started Brashad Perriman for like three straight weeks and he went off for like those last mm-hmm. three games. That was such a good pickup. That and, was so cool. And I remember being like, this guy's going to go off. This guy's going to go off. And he scored, I think, like the semifinals, like 35 points. And I was yep. so stoked. And I was like, damn, like what an amazing call where I felt like that carried me into the finals. And I, I don't think he had a great final week, but it just felt good. Like I was just like, I actually like I feel I felt smart, you know what I mean? So yeah, that that I, I like to look and see when you're getting blown out. It's one of those things where like I don't even want to look like I don't even want to look and see how many points I'm losing by. I don't even know if I'm project or like I'm going to be projected to perhaps catch up if someone starts to go off a little bit. So, yeah, I'd rather look at look at blowouts for sure. I, I feel like for me, I'm on the opposite side. I feel like when I'm getting blown out, I still feel the pull to like check it out and see like do i have a chance do i have a chance Mm. like i start playing the numbers game and i'm and i'm saying after the 10 o'clock window that okay it's a one o'clock window i have three guys here if i can hit 25 points and i look at their like season averages and i try to project like that's where i'm a little bit more invested when i'm blowing people out um yeah i just i I feel like i got it whatever i mean i'm usually already um texting either texting the person i'm playing in the matchup or i'm texting just mm-hmm. our little group chat saying like oh gg hanging out whatever but uh man i always just feel like like we saw last week with my matchup with, with nick um when i'm down i still always feel like i have a chance so just it's a gluttony for pain but yep. like i said matchups this week were absolute blowouts yeah we're we'll, we'll dive into that. to each yeah. one of them. Um, one close one, but besides that, yeah, just all matchups that I feel like everybody that was in those matchups could probably just sit back and just you know see it all play out. Yeah, and you you know our beautiful voices by now, but still, this is uh, Blake Miller, Wildcats. Oh, Wildcats! I'm so used. To, man, I miss the XFL. Claws <laughs> up. XFL in the brain. The cat claws up. Team owner here, joined always by Jake. Jake. Mm-hmm. Let's LA Bash in. Bros. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. All right, let's dive into the first matchup. We're going to go over my matchup because now I'm number one in the league. Mm-hmm. Bubble Butkers versus yeah. the Cat Claws up, baby. I got the dub. I went by like 30-something. Can't even count. The number's too big. <laughs> Russell Wilson stinks. I was so excited for him to have a good game, but if really I look quick, at one positive. Um, I, I think Trey, or, uh, Phillips is done with Russell Wilson, according to his Instagram he, oh no! Uh, Give us an update, please. He posted on Instagram, he is done with Russ Wilson as his starting quarterback. So well, we'll he, have to, we'll we'll see if he follows through and if he gets uh, a new one this week. Well, definitely he should be done with Russell Wilson. He should be done with the Tyler Conklin tra- uh, Conklin uh, show. That's something that I predicted last week. I I didn't understand the Tyler Conklin love. He's not someone I feel like like I will give you. He's he's not someone like David and Joku, which they actually use in their offense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, crashing down to earth, kind of what uh, everyone's high hopes having him in this barren wasteland tight ends. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry keeps rolling along. Yep. Marquise Brown continues to be a target hog. Those are his two bright spots, we'll but everything else with with who? Go ahead. D-Hop. When D-Hop comes back, I'm going to be very interested to see uh, what Marquise Brown does. Yeah. Well, speaking of D-Hop, let's talk about Kyler. Kyler had another one of those frustrating games a bit. <laughs> it was a tough matchup, but mm-hmm. D-Hop coming back, what do you think? Does it be a big difference to his uh, off- offensive output or in terms of fantasy quarterback? Yeah, I think he'll be more consistent as far as between 15 to 20 points, which is not really where you want, but I think do think he'll have some games where he just forces the ball to D-Hop, and D-Hop's really, really talented. So I can see Hopkins kind of having that um, impact, a big impact on the offense. Yeah, and for me, looking at Devontae Adams, uh, the points are there. I'm happy for the points, 20, 28 points, but it's not mm-hmm. really the type of how I would imagine mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams acquiring those points. So while I'm excited and I and I definitely needed those points to really stretch out this lead, uh, this lead I had over Phillips' team, but I am still worried about that uh Raiders offense and how yeah. often he is targeted and how how many catches that he can receive yeah I feel like that first week against the Chargers he had so many targets and he had 10 catches and he's just like oh this is how it's going to be the entire year that's slowed way 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 down um what did he have tonight four catches three catches I think he had three catches three catches for 124 yards and two touchdowns I mean both of those were absolute bombs and you'll take that any day of the week um, but yeah, a little concerning there. One pr- player that I'm con- kind of concerned as far as your team, do you think Najee Harris, worst first round player this year? Mm, I mean, we have to go over the list, but I mean, the top of my head, yeah, I would say Najee Harris. And I mean, he hasn't, fresh- he, yeah, he hasn't touched more than 12 points once this entire year. It's frustrating because the chances are there, like he's getting the, t- uh, the touches, but, mm-hmm. um, week after week I've been blaming, the the offense as a whole in mm-hmm. their inability to move the ball but i feel like at this point he's had the amount of touches and the opportunity where a good player like himself that he came into the season should be able to break it off um you look at like jonathan taylor i mean john taylor's playing on a whole, just as bad offense in terms of just statistical yeah, they, output they but do he's have still a, breaking it off they do have a better line in indy and the steelers line is really bad it is not good and it's not good for pass protection it's not good for run um, running the ball at all either so if I were you I would be a little concerned with that for sure but I mean when you have Nick Chubb as your RB2 who happens to be the best running back right now in fantasy football um, we called that we called exactly what he would do against the Chargers where he would run up and down them I think he had like 80 yards in the first quarter um, and he slowed down a little bit later in the game but I mean he still had two touchdowns um, a big day for Chubb but I think overall your team is still looking strong. Um, when we go into our bye week starting next week, you'll have some oh, guys no. on your bench. Yeah, you got Brees Hall, you got Michael Carter that are doing pretty well. So yeah, but I'm losing Devonte Adams. But uh, we'll go over that when we go over the matchups for week six. Yep. But bye week, bye weeks are here. I love it. That's when the, <laughs> this is when the it real separates. Yep. This exactly. This is what makes the real owners. But I'm I'm glad with this victory. I go to four and one, and I push Bubble Butkers down to two and three. All right, LA Bash Bros, my squad against. Sam, Team Mercier. Now, last week, I predicted Sam not to get 100 points. This week, I predicted her matchups. I thought her matchups were excellent. I thought she was going to go off. This week, she didn't get 100 points. So it seems like I'm flip-flopping on my predictions for Sam. I'll gladly take it this week. My team, once again, kind of hits that 115, 120 mark. That's what I average. 
So I'm happy with my team's performance, 123 to 71. Yeah, for your team, you had a solid production. Uh, You had a down week from Justin Herbert. We kind of projected that was going to be Cleveland running the ball, but they saw, we saw late, Justin Herbert was at least efficient, targeting, uh, hyper-targeting Mike uh, Mike Williams, Mm -hmm. Kareem Hunt. Did he get a touchdown in this game? I he did. So we, we predicted that both running backs would get touchdowns, and he did. Mm-hmm. He, he he like stretched across the goal line to get it in, so he finally punched one in. Yeah, and that's just all you need for Kareem. If uh, if you're an owner, Jeff Wilson, uh, really solidifying that plug-and-play running back. Mm-hmm. Two, that's why I feel I like at this money. Yeah, exactly. I feel like at this point of the season, um, you're not even worried about um, Elijah Mitchell when he does come back later in the season. I feel like Jeff Wilson has solidified that. You may get a little bit of a jumbled and maybe split carries, but Jeff Wilson has really showed that he can be the bell cow, the running back for the Niners. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. I I still think they're going to be using both, which of course, and like I'm I'm really excited that Jeff Wilson's going off because it means that it paid off. But I am worried that when Elijah Mitchell come back, it's going to be similar. It's not going to be a Chubb Hunt situation but it's going to still be a 50-50, and that's where it kind of gets dicey. Let's talk about one other 50-50, at least before this week, and you called this one. You said that Raheem Mostert is the person to play over mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds, and I'm really excited that they've actually stuck with Raheem. You know, they were down most of that game, but him still getting 18 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown is exactly what I'm looking for for a third kind of running back for my squad. So I'm glad that he decided uh or Mike McDaniel has decided to you know use him as their primary running back I don't think Chase Edmonds had more than a couple carries he had one carry that was it for one yard no no receptions or anything I feel like um you and I are both in a similar situation where instead of getting a number one back on a on a like later in the rounds instead of investing in a sketchy number one back we attacked offenses that had Mm -hmm. kind of a muddled running back situation Mm -hmm. you had the Dolphins I had the Jets we're starting to see in both situations that um, there's a clear favorite on both mm-hmm. teams, even though Michael Carter did sneak in for T Vulture two touchdowns that are on the one yard line after yeah. all of Brees Hall. But they're starting to see the tie that they're the gulf between the skill. Um, and I guess coming in, you would really thought Chase Edmonds was going to run away with that job. But Raheem ha- having that prior history with uh, with that mm-hmm. offense in San, mm-hmm. in San Francisco, um, there's a preference on both teams now. And I feel like Raheem, Definitely um, can be, if you're hurting on bye weeks next week, I don't know what your match is going to be. Confident start out of him. Yeah, I, uh, it's nice that he's he's pulled away. Um, and, yeah, we'll see if that, that can continue. Uh, really quick, just the last thing on my team. Anytime I can score 120 points and my you know top player, Youngway Koo, only scores one point, take it any day of the week. That guy carries your team every single he week. Does. So it's he nice is, when he's you're... My squad. It's nice he when your is. team can uh, throw him on his back. My squad. Uh, Kirk Cousins, good start. 22 points. Uh, yeah, you know what's funny? game, though. Yeah, that, that was a pet game. But he had, I feel like, most of those points. Maybe not. I think the Russian touchdown came in the second half. But I think he started the game out like 18 of 18 for like Six, 100. Yeah, 16 for 16. Yeah, 16 for 16 with like 160 yards. Dicing. And just, yeah. But I don't, he might have had one touchdown at that point. I think Dalvin had two rushing in the first half. Yeah. Anyway. Um, He's the only player on Sam's team that, uh, you know, had more than 11 points. So yeah. I, I definitely thought that her team would do a lot better. Uh, Mike Evans, I think, got dinged up in the first half, kind of came back in. That's a low scoring for him against an Atlanta team that doesn't really have a great defense. 
I mean, I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati regarding those players like Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, both low outputs, especially Jamar Chase. I think it's, start, it's time to kind of start worrying a little bit about Jamar. Jamar did have a – he had a really good first week, and after that it's just been very subpar. Um, that's not the type of output you want from a first-round player. And then players like TJ Hawkinson didn't do anything. Damian Harris – very unlucky with that for Sam that she got injured in the first like quarter, but the player that she probably would have put in there, Amon Ross St. Brown didn't really do much either. So I think this is a week for Sam where she kind of just tucks it away, moves on. I just, I've been saying all season, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, something was going to break in terms of, uh, how much he is, was been involved these past couple weeks, but mm-hmm. he's been saved by touchdowns. This is that doomsday week where, his lack of involvement also is coupled with not scoring, and those are the outputs you're going to get. That that was a tough game, too, because if he had so many chances to get the end zone. He actually got a touchdown, and then they called it back because he was down the half-yard It was just line. like his rookie year, though. There was the same struggles with his yeah. rookie year. There, was his... just, there were so many opportunities, like little passes that you know he got bumped out of the one or two. Like I think it was like two or three times that happened. So I, I see what you're saying, definitely. They don't run the ball that much. Um but, yeah, I mean, he's someone where it's kind of boomer bust potential with him. And the only thing that I want to touch on with Cincinnati is um, the hot topic with Cincinnati is just their investment in the offensive line. Oh, and that's going to be a, it's going to be a problem all year. Mm-hmm. And I think that Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase are good enough where they're going to give you a serviceable uh, lines every week, mm-hmm. uh, especially in tough matchups. But those tough matchups, um, Baltimore – I feel like you could have taken advantage of them a little bit more outside, but they're still a good defense. So mm-hmm. I think any matchup where they're playing a sub top 12, top 15 defense, um, they're going to get after the quarterback, especially if there's like a really good pass rush. They're going to get yeah. after them. They're going to affect their scores. They're going to get their points, but they're not going to be that first, second round kind of output that you're going to expect out of them. So that's going to be a storyline to follow, follow all season. Yeah, I definitely agree. And and you know a bad offensive line. Your your team every Sunday has one, so <laughs> LA Bash Bros goes three to two on this matchup. Sam gets knocked back three to two as well. Next we got my favorite punching bag, the notorious. Absolutely I think this is the Wait, biggest upset that. of the week. Go ahead. You think it's the biggest upset, really? Not biggest upset. I guess I mean biggest like point differential. Well, it's 60 well points. no, let's we'll we'll get into the biggest point differential. Oh, okay. uh, we're well, looking at you know the matchup of the week over there. But I think the biggest punching bag in the league is a Shane's team, as we as he now is one and four after this week. He's probably taking the most points four too, because I feel like he's always going just destroyed in terms <laughs> of points, just getting beaten up. He is. Let's dive into Trey's team though. Yeah, Trey's team. It's that trio. Trio's rearing its uh, mm-hmm. beautiful head. Again, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is for real, dude. <laughs> what is going yeah, on with he, this resurgence? It's in it's in his like contract year, right? Like this is he mm-hmm. they didn't pick up his fifth year. Put up year. shut up. Yeah, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. He is running angry and he is running like people over. This is the best I've ever seen him run the ball. And they it's it's weird. Like they the Raiders have always been an offense that kind of just relies on Derek Carr. They get Devontae Adams, and you think, okay, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. You forget about Josh Jacobs. And so getting Josh Jacobs, this kind of production is unheard of because he's never been like this before. So in another league of mine, I'm not going to try to go down that rabbit hole. I was very close to losing just because Josh Jacobs was like destroying the entire game. Do you think that's a product of 
the coaching staff because I mean we look at Josh McDaniels and see yeah. the success that he had in New England with guys like uh, uh, Legarrette Blunt. Yeah, I mean, even like when Sonny Michelle was there, and he had that—I think it was his rookie year—that he did really good. Yeah, I think it's it's trying to establish the run, which opens up, you know, play action for someone like Devontae Adams downfield, and that's what happened on that fourth and one, where Devontae had like a fifty-yard bomb. Um, you know, it, Josh Jacobs is that physical runner, and he looks a lot shiftier. And and one to, and speaking of shifty running backs, I mean, I tried to get this guy for a week plus. Trey never. You know, respond to my texts, of course, after Has you Austin on mute? Eckler. Yeah, he basically had me on mute. After Austin Eckler went off last against the Texans, he finally responded saying, oh, I forgot to forgot to respond, but no, I'm good. Well, no, duh. And now Austin Eckler <laughs> is, is going to be, you know, I think he is the number one running. Uh, oh, he has to be. Uh, number two, and I'm sure Chubb's number mm-hmm. one. Um, so, yeah, number two. And, you know, he's not going to get 33 points a game, but he's going to get 20 points a game easy. Rest of the season, who would you rather have, Eckler or Chubb? I think Eckler only based off of because he can do both, and he has been proven to do both over the course of his career. Um, but touchdowns is, like, legit the thing. And so Chubb gets those, you know, inside. We've talked about this a thousand times, inside the 10, inside the 5. kind of. That, that's a tough one. But um, Eckler is, is when the Chargers score a lot of points, it's mostly because of Austin Eckler and being able to do both catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball. The only thing I can imagine with Eckler is there's got to be some sort of like paradigm shift when the receiving core does get healthy. I think it's uh, these past uh, couple of weeks that's been a necessity, especially yeah. on the Keenan Allen phrase. So I don't I don't see him going back to what what was happening in the beginning of the season, like very minimal. But I just I mean, you can also argue that when Deshaun Watson comes back, you think they're going to be more of a throwing team or you think they're still going to be running the ball as much? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, if anything... I think for both teams, we're seeing that when these offenses are moving, like you mentioned with Eckler, when they're mm-hmm. scoring, it's a lot to do with Eckler. I think Deshaun Watson and the Chubb situation is going to put them, obviously, in more situations where mm-hmm. they're going to be able to be on the goal line. So, I don't know. It's going to be tough. But I just feel that, like you mentioned, Eckler's prowess in the catching game will be affected when there's more pass catchers out there, like good pass catchers. So. That's just my thought. Yeah, I agree. And then lastly, let's just touch on Josh Allen, I think, had 42 points in the first half. I don't think he had a point after. That's that's obviously a joke, but I, he had 35 Disgusting. points in the first half, which was insane. That is not a joke. Um, yeah. I mean, the, what, what else more can you say about him? Uh, the, there's not much you can say, but this is that week where you just it, – it, it's just crazy. I just – every time I look at Josh Allen, I just wish I – I wish I would just have the balls to draft a quarterback high because it's games like it's weeks like this where yeah, he where can you single handedly can win you. You're yeah, right. and it's it's one of those weeks too where when you're on the other side, it's like it's you know it was literally ten oh five and he threw a ninety eight yard pass to Gabe Davis and you just have to shut your laptop and like find something else to do the rest of the day. Yeah, you can't look like at your you phone. You just know that. you just know that you know it's not going to be okay. It's not going to be and good. and. QB Sneaks has had the fortune of that all season, too, with Jalen Hurts. And he still yes. put out a serviceable game, but there's just a different level with Josh Allen right now. And uh, It really is. I think it's because his receivers, it's that offense in general. Well, in that matchup, too, against Pittsburgh. That's a, yep. that's a, that's why that's I a liked, matchup. That's why I liked Josh Allen more than Jalen this this week, for sure. Yeah, and you were right. I mean, Jalen still had a good good week. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a pesky little game against Arizona. Arizona kind of threw that one away. Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, an idiot, just spiking the ball twice. But I digress. Uh do you think Khalil Herbert, 
-hmm. Obviously, David Montgomery was healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a situation where he wasn't paying attention to the news or maybe he thought, hey, I'm still going to roll with Khalil Herbert. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's going to be involved. But wrong choice. David Montgomery was healthy. He was active and he was he was effective. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where luckily for Shane, it didn't really matter just because Trey put up so many points. Yeah, Um, doesn't burn you. But when it comes to trying to rack up points, you want to try to get as many points as you can when you you have a loss. So, yeah, I would have I we talked about this last week. Like we we both agreed that he wanted David Montgomery to sit if you have both of them only Mm -hmm. because it just gave you one specific running back. But David Montgomery was healthy. He was playing. So, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. But um, I mean, some of these matchups too. I mean, Justin Jefferson. Excuse me. Oh, that's gonna make the cut. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. Keep it going. <laughs> Justin Jefferson hit uh, 24 points. I think he had that in the first half as well. Like he was yeah. going off in the first half. Yeah. Nothing really after um, that Niners offense. Those two players. Like we talked about George Kittle. How he, you don't know what you're getting out of George Kittle anymore. And then the, the tight end sphere is very it's it's different this year like i think it's only two legit options for like boom and then you have a couple guys that are very consistent um and i will say i i will give you props i do think david and joku starting to get on the consistent 10 points per game which is kind of what you want from a tight end yeah no you can't go wrong with that and uh we're we're gonna obviously touch on the weekly james connor was banged up and who knows what his availability will be next week. He'll probably same old story. He'll probably miss Tuesday and then he'll be limited Wednesday, Thursday, but you have to roll him out because with, um, he doesn't have a lot of options. He's got Naheem Hines who just disgusting injury. I, uh, he has two bench spots open. I'm surprised he hasn't signed anyone. Uh, maybe that's going to be something he looks to, but, uh, yeah, it's just a tough matchup. Um, but any solace in this is that you went up against a guy that put up 156. So, um, in terms of a managerial aspect, he he made the right he put he played the right guys. It's just they didn't perform. So, yeah, QB I, sneaks. I oh, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. Um, and I I do think this is a time where uh, a Shane needs to needs to try to make moves. What's the phrase? You got to know when to fold them or whatever. I don't know. He just, it's one and four. It's do or die right now. He's got to make, he's got to make a move. He's got to address his team, especially going into bye weeks. It's only going to get tougher. So QB sneaks one and four. I'm going to safely say drops to last place in the league. Mm-hmm. And the notorious going to three and two. Our closest matchup of the week, the ghost of Forte against house Chargarian. We have Phil versus Steph. 133 to 127. This was a barn burner. Phil literally did everything possible to lose this matchup, and he still won. He did. I mean, you know, it was funny. So, you know, take take the league behind the curtains a little bit. On Sunday, when Gabe Davis hit that first play bomb, um, we both texted Phil, like, this is your day, Phil. Like, this is it. And little did we know how close this would be. But it really was Phil's day, because if you think about it, Dalvin Cook, best performance by far. Yep. Saquon Barkley, when you woke up, had a very good performance. Stephon Diggs. Not me. I was really up. that's true. Yeah, you're drinking your coffee. Um Gabe Davis, an amazing day. But not only all of this for his starters, Bench had a good day with Ramonda Stevenson. Not only his team right now, Phil picked up Taysom Hill week two. And guess who had the best week of by far out of any player on waivers? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. So this was a this was a week. For Phil, 
Philly um, special. Dropping Philly special, dropping 133. And that was with a T. Higgins goose egg. That's incredible. That's incredible. And Kenny Pickett, uh, in a absolute horrible game, he still put up serviceable points. Like, yeah, he threw he, what three hundred yards. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you if you trotted out Jared Goff in one of your fantasy leagues, uh, Kenny Pickett was a way better option, which was crazy. For sure. But yeah, he didn't he didn't turn the ball over. But uh, yeah, you mentioned T Higgins with Goose Egg. You never want that, especially at the wide receiver spot. I feel like that's such a ad like so, so such less odds for that to happen. But yeah, mm-hmm. as we mentioned, Gabe Davis. Um, you knew from the get-go. You knew Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills wanted to absolutely pummel Pittsburgh. Yeah, they just came out hot. Right, They just came out hot, and they kept the foot on the pedal the whole time. So uh, definitely it was great. Definitely it was a smarter field to go that double staff with Buffalo. Um, Saquon Barkley's, I mean, we'll say it every week. The guy's back. He is what a great pickup by Phil, especially drafting him in that second round. And if he can get this kind of consistency, maybe not two touchdown game every single time, but this is the Dalvin Cook that you drafted, and it was cool to see him come alive this week. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How you know, I I really like my foursome, my three wide receivers, and Mark Andrews. Um, Phil has a foursome that I think can can beat mine as far as you know potential. So Dalvin Cook, Saquon, Stefan, and then T Higgins. Now T Higgins had zero. That was a little unlucky because. I think he was kind of questionable the entire week and they kind of hid that from you. Um, and then he didn't, he kind of had like a sore hamstring or quad or something like that and didn't really play the entire game. So I, I was kind of unlucky to, you know, kind of messed up from the, the Bengals perspective of not really like explaining that at all, but he has a foursome that just can get you touchdowns on a regular basis. Um, that can get you high yards on a regular basis. So I, I think Phil, we know we like to, we like to trash his team and, and, you know, kind of shit on it, but he does have a force in that I think that can rival anybody in the league. And he was the beneficiary of an injury. Uh, sit back and watch Ramon J. Stevenson for the rest of the year. Damian Harris is yeah. going to be out for extended time because uh, mm-hmm. we always see with New England backfields that if you can get the bell cow, you can get the guy that's leading the clubhouse in that, in that um, for that team, they're going to produce. And Ramon J. Stevenson mm-hmm. was a highly touted rookie. Um, he was kind of fighting behind Damian Harris. Uh, spotlights on him. He's going to be good. And that's definitely will kind of solidify Phil's flex spot that he's been tinkering with all, all season. So mm-hmm. Phil's set up to be uh, pretty successful. And it was a big win for him. Yeah. Let's head over to Steph's team. Uh, a really, really big week by, you know, Leonard Fournette, 31 points, just a great game by him. A lot of catches, which is, you know, Leonard usually he should be in gets the wide receiver spot. It's not fair. Yeah, seriously. Um, he should get, you know, he'll probably get four or five targets on a consistent basis. But he had 10 catches on Sunday, which is incredible for, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. So great day by him. Some players, though, that just did not perform well at all. And it could be just based off of, well, I know one is based off of quarterback situation. But Jalen Waddle, you know, getting Skylar Thompson, the third, you know, string quarterback, Teddy goes down right off the bat. Um, and so Jalen Waddle's kind of stuck out there with a, with a third stringer, but the Jags offense, we, I talked about them a few weeks ago where I was like, wow, this, this team looks legit. I don't know what the hell happened on Sunday. This, that was a, just a disaster of a game. Uh, we'll talk about Baki's bets next episode, but that, uh, that offense was atrocious. 1.6 for Christian Kirk is not going to do it. I think that pushes uh, – there was a stat floating around with that Jags-Houston game. Uh, Houston has some absurd winning streak against the Jags. 
Mm. It's like eight or nine games or Wish something. Wish I would have known that for Baki's bet. Well, I I heard it in the morning, so I couldn't. We couldn't really like take back Baki's mm. bets. But um, Houston has for some reason Houston has Jacksonville's number. Uh, if you're looking for the offensive output, we talked about it a little bit with uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Same thing with Jamal Williams, New England, Bill Belichick against Jared Goff. That was, uh, and then on the road for Jared Goff, just absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that just complete offensive output. So, and I have a, I have a question for you. So her team uh, defense, Dallas Cowboys against the Rams. Now we, we saw what happened last week with Mm -hmm. a team that played against the Rams um, and the 49ers. Yep. Won you the week. Cowboys threw up 23 points for a defense. Mm-hmm. An incredible performance by that defense. Is it? It's crazy to think about because I feel like the Rams last year had one of the top offenses. Is it? Is it time to just stream whatever defense plays the Rams? I think so. I think um, at this point, until they figure out this offensive line issue, I don't think it's going to get addressed via the pieces that they currently have in their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that this season's going, I think there is a benefit for the Rams that uh, there is no front runner in the NFC West. So they still have time to get into it. So maybe they can address it via trade or find someone off the off cuts or whatever. So they can maybe figure out that offensive line, but until that offensive line gets fixed, um, even if the offense wakes up and they start scoring a little bit, you're almost right now guaranteed uh, interceptions. So mm-hmm. if you may lose points defensively off points, those interceptions are what three, Three points each, I believe. Uh, two I points. Correct. Two points. Still, if you're getting seven, six, seven, eight points from your defense, that's a win yeah, that's in my book. Mm-hmm. And um, you're pretty much almost set for an interception or a fumble with this Rams team, this offensive line. They're not protecting his backside. He's highly susceptible. So, yeah, I don't see why not. I don't. There's nothing so far that indicates that the Rams are going to turn around this offense. So. You you keep riding it until you're the owner that goes to that stream and kind of gets bit. But like I said, I don't see anything changing. Yeah. And last but not least, Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, rough news that Thursday night game doesn't play. Um, but overall, I mean, you can't do anything. I and mean, of course, you're going to play him every single week. But yep. I, I'm I'm wondering if Steph is is considering. She has a lot of good running backs, and I'm wondering if she's trying to you know, perhaps grab another wide receiver. Does she upgrade. have, wait, does she have a lot of good running backs? Cause I'm looking at her team. I see Leonard Fournette. I see Jamal Williams, who's a question mark. Jonathan Taylor is injured. We don't know the extent. Antonio Gibson, he's not, once Brian Robinson, we just saw with him coming back this past week, like they had him involved. They had him mm-hmm. on a low snap count. I don't, he's going to lose that foothold as the number one, number one running back there. So, and then Matt Burita, I mean, who cares at that point? So does yeah, I don't think she does I, have the running back. I think anymore. I think if you have a, a threesome of a number one and Jonathan Taylor, a Leonard that is that can be a number one running back as well, as far as you know your team and you have a Jamal Williams. Now I know DeAndre Swift is hurt. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, I I'm still I mean, Jamal Williams is on by next week. You can't even play yeah. him next week. Oh, so yeah, you can't play him next week. So yeah, I guess I guess she can't really afford to to send out any running backs and kind of tinker around. So I don't know. I think it's interesting for Steph because she does have a lot of good players, but and I mean she put up 127. So yeah, that's you know that would have been the fourth best this week because we had some a lot of high numbers for some other teams. Um, yep. So she had a really good week, but um, I don't know. I, I would be a little cautious with. 
the Christian Kirk, um, you know, that kind of low output and not, I guess Tyler Lockett had a good week and, and Geno Smith is proving that he's way better than everyone thought he was going to be. Um, but I, I would be a little curious and a little concerned with that second wide receiver, that flex position. I feel like she's way more deeper at wide receiver um, than she is running back because she has to address a need. I don't want to use this podcast as a vehicle for me to like <laughs> try to uh, take trades or whatever, but I literally mm-hmm. have had uh, discussions with Steph regarding Curtis Samuel. I think if she wants to address that running back where I believe that she's at her weakest, she has people on her bench with Tyler Lock and Curtis Samuel and someone that she can match up with um, to make a trade. So she has the pieces. Go, I think she needs to get aggressive. Huh? I said, there you go. Call her out. Yeah. I, she needs to figure it out because if she's roll, <laughs> she, she can't roll with this lineup next week. She's in trouble. Um, yeah, she's in trouble and she was in trouble this last week. She fell to Phil goes to Forte goes to two and three and Steph goes to two and three. All right. Official boys, you get an extra juice box, get an extra uh, dessert for dinner because you guys just had the biggest week, biggest blowout, biggest win differential that I think I've ever seen especially in this league official yeah. boys win 152 to 80 over rum runners in our matchup of the week 72 point difference which is insane to think about and we, we talked about this in a couple of matchups I mean a lot of matchups this week were blowouts and it's one of those where you kind of just have to close the laptop put away the phone and just find something else to do on Sunday um, but I will say Nick really didn't have a choice to do that because a lot of Brian's points came tonight uh, we're recording yeah. this on Monday night, and he had Mahomes, Kelsey, and Daniel Carlson all just go off. And Travis Kelsey, I mean, it is insane to watch that offense play, and you're like yelling at the TV, like just put like double team them, double coverage. Like they they could not do anything to stop Travis Kelsey. Now he only had I think what like 35 yards, if yeah, that. Yeah, he had seven 25. catches. 25 yards, but he had four touchdowns. I've never seen that before. How do you double team a guy though when you're when the offense is on the one yard line and they are so creative with their play calling that um I don't know. I it, would put I would just put like a defensive end. I would just put a defensive end on him right in the front, just shove him to the ground. Actually they tried doing that on one play and they got a penalty called on it. But um Yeah. He watching him and it's one of those things where you know it's going to him every single time it's inside the five you're like this is going to go to kelsey this is going and then you just see him wide open like no one even close to him um you know brian and the official boys have built this team around that match those two and when they don't do so great those are the the weeks that kind of brian kind of struggles to score around 100 points yeah but this is a week where you know, the rest of his team did decent, like nothing, you know, crazy, but, you know, pretty good. But those two combined scored 60 points. And, you know, that that's going to win you a week every single week if you can get that. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say pretty good. I think Alvin Kamara, who's had so many question marks with the injury and then people. Yeah, this about was drafting his first. Him. Mm-hmm. First breakout game. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot of question marks with the, will he be suspended? And then we had injuries and the offense kind of stunk, but. I feel like he yeah. can be successful with whatever. I will say, go ahead. I will say, I feel like this this year is the year that if it doesn't matter who it is, even if it's like, I don't know, think of the worst running back in the league, uh, Miles Sanders. No, um, I don't even know. If, if, the Cam worst Akers. running back in the league. If they're going, sure, Cam Akers. They haven't played him yet, so we'll see. If they're going up against that Seattle Seahawks defense, 
automatic 15 to 20 points. That okay. that Seattle defense was terrible. Jamal Williams had what 35 points against them last week. Kamara yeah. finally over 100 yards. It is a big week for him because it's finally like, oh, drafting him in that position and like late first, early second is finally paying off. Um, but you know that Seattle defense is atrocious. Geno Smith is for real. So any worry that you had about DK Metcalf <laughs> slipping from a number two wide receiver, uh, if you watch that yeah, last game, yeah. you <laughs> you're completely fine. DK. <laughs> yeah, absolute. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I'm no longer going to say that his wide receivers are kind of shaky. Uh, I still don't like Jerry Judy, but I think DK is is solidifying himself as a legit number one. Yeah, all those question marks uh, for the people that all the pundits that said who are the better wide receivers, Seahawks or Broncos? I mean, give me oh, I never, Seahawks. I never, I don't understand why people thought that whoever had the they had a better offense built around um, Seattle or Denver. Denver's wide receivers have always been unproven. The talent is there, but they've never proved it. DK has proved it. Tyler Lockett has proved it. Um, so yeah, those wide receivers by far yeah. better option. Yeah. And where Nick's or when Brian's uh, stack helped him out, I mean, we talked about it in the interview with Nick, how much he loves the stack and this, his stack kind of, I wouldn't say it's sunk him, but that's an example where the stack doesn't work. And you have the Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers going up again, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, that London game, the offense is just gross. It's, I mean, it it spikes it when it has its good matchups, but it is not, it is not a successful offense. Yeah, they and I I I said this after what game did they win? Was it they won it like a week two Vikings? Matchup. No, they got no, smoked by the Vikings. Vikings. They got they they had a good matchup against the Bears. Yes, and I remember that game I said, you know, if Aaron Jones is running the ball effectively, they'll they'll yep. win. If he doesn't and they have to rely on their wide receivers, they will not win games. And you're seeing that now. There is no one on that team. They're just there's no vertical threats. There's no downfield plays, and that's what Aaron Rodgers really had with Devontae. Um, he just had that amazing chemistry between the two. They don't really have anyone with good chemistry. They have good players, but no one that has that chemistry, and it's really throwing Aaron Rodgers off. And we take any solace into Aaron Jones and his production. Uh, he still averaged almost five yards a carry, so he was effective. Just there was no punch. There was no other punch mm-hmm. in that offense to really get him in positions where he can be successful in terms of scoring the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers is... You can tell that he's limited a little bit in that down downfield threat. Mm-hmm. Everything's like screen passes. Everything's quick getting out of his hands. I don't know if that's a – I believe David Bakhtiari was out. Um, no, he was playing. Still, I remember he, that. But he, is, he, they, he was playing, but he was doing alternate snaps, alternate mm-hmm. drives, gotcha. getting uh, getting the, the wind back in his pipe. I don't know what the issue was, but I was watching it, and they kept focusing on him, not on certain drives. So gotcha. I don't know if that offense is predicated uh, to be sufficient in the type of rush that he's getting in terms of the pass rush, or mm-hmm. if it's just Aaron not having the weapons that he had in terms of trusting a guy like Devontae Adams. I know it's a broken record. We keep going back to him, but – that's not big. having that it's, yeah it's, it's huge it's huge and they're not having that just, safety blanket to go and get you 12 yards and pick up yeah, that uh third and long is just killing the this this packers team yeah there's no one there that i feel like rogers on like a third and seven can rely on and get an easy first down like and and that's what it's been the last i feel like five to ten years maybe even longer while he's played there's always been a guy that you know he's going to get the ball and somehow, some way he's going to be wide open and he's going to get that first down. There's no one on this team that I would feel confident in being like, I'm going to start them at wide receiver. So 
Um, last but not least on Nick's team for me, um, or actually two things. One, Darren Waller being out in the first series of the game. That spells trouble. I think they have a bye next week. Um, mm. So, you know, he's going to have to go find the tight end. It's a bear market out there. Um, so good luck looking for that. Come on knocking on my door, baby. <laughs> um, and then the last but not least, it's it's the curse of Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, Nick in our interview last week said that if he loses this week, he's going to have to drop him. So I, I expect to see Deshaun on the waiver wire come tomorrow morning. Bright and early. So... Official boys, big win. Big, Pushes big them to win. three and two. Rum runners two and three. 